most of us don't have an intentional way for connecting with others, or we don't explore how we could be better at it. And missed opportunities for connection pass us by almost every hour. That's Candice Bertotti. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Thursday. I am thankful for you tuning in with me today as we have yet another brand new featured speaker on the show today to teach us the best way to truly connect with people. Here's Candice Bertotti. Enjoy. I have a personal passion for getting to know people. And I think part of this passion comes from growing up in a really small rural community. I grew up in a town of about 200 people. And how we got there was my dad had grown up in the city and he'd always wanted to live out in the country. And where we ended up wasn't in the suburbs with a big yard kind of country. It was more like Little House on the Prairie kind of country. <laughs> uh, so let me show you a picture of where we ended up. This is Yorkville, Indiana, and we lived... Right there is our house. And this is about a two-mile stretch, and as you can see, it's basically just us and the woods. There was no school, there, was no, there were no streetlights, there was no post office, and we lived on top of a really steep, tall hill. Now, as a kid, I just thought it was normal that you could put a sled out at your front door in the winter and slide for almost, oh, well over a quarter mile from your front door without stopping. That just seemed like the normal thing. (laughs) But what that meant is that in going in the opposite direction, it was really hard to get to our house, particularly in the winter. And one year, we went from January to March without ever being able to reach that little access road that you can see kind of winds up there. And we spent three months with hiking as the only way to get to our house. But what also made us very remote is that we did not have city water or a well. And our only source of water was a truck that would deliver it once every two weeks. And in the wintertime, the truck would refuse to deliver if there was even a snowflake on this long drive. And so we would often go for long periods of time without water. And even when the truck did deliver it, the water would often freeze. Knowing people in our small community was essential. From Old Red, who would take time away from tending his prize horses to help us shovel this long driveway so we could get water, to Anna Jo, the town matriarch, who would have us over for a warm meal, showers, (laughs) and send us home with chains to put on our tires so we could make it home, to Betty, who had and still has the best sense of humor to make any situation, even when you couldn't get to your house and you had no water when you got there, seem like just something to laugh at and nothing more. Knowing people was essential. 
Now, I'm not just talking about knowing about people. I can know about my neighbor, and they're not going to help me shovel for six hours to shovel my driveway. This is about connection. And so that's really what I'm talking about today, is about connecting with others. Because in everything we do here, whether we're trying to influence change, whether we're trying to hold people accountable, or whether we're trying to coordinate our own change plans, connection is essential. But what's so interesting to me is that while it is so essential for our results, most of us don't have an intentional way for connecting with others, or we don't explore how we could be better at it. And missed opportunities for connection pass us by almost every hour. Well, when I was in middle school, we moved to Boca Raton, Florida. And it was a bit of culture shock. <laughs> so I quickly learned that you could be ostracized for wearing Smurf tennis shoes. There was such a thing called pizza delivery. And this blew my mind, because you could essentially go out to eat for dinner and never leave your home. And even though there were more people, there was much less connection. And I was so struck at how we could live in a town that was so isolated and feel so connected and move to a place that had so many people and feel so isolated. And I learned then that you've got to cultivate connection. Just because of where I stand or whatever label I have, you know, whatever my faith is or my ethnicity or my religion or where I sit at work and what team I'm on, it doesn't mean we're connecting. You really have to cultivate it. And so today, I'm going to share with you two key elements to connection. And they're somewhat common sense. They're somewhat ordinary. But I am so excited to share with you how two very ordinary things can be the access point for something extraordinary. So the first element that I'd like to share with you is curiosity. Now, I am an intensely curious person, and so I'm very struck sometimes by the lack of curiosity people have for one another. So I'm single, and I was on a date the other night, and this gentleman was very nice, who's from New York, and I was asking him lots of questions. So I asked him about his family. It turns out a major motion picture had been filmed in his family's home. I asked him about sports. Turns out he was a former professional baseball player. And by the end of the dinner, I realized this man had not asked me a single question. And as we're leaving the restaurant, we're walking to the metro, we're about to say goodbye. And as we're walking, it's like it, it dawns on him at the very end of the date that he knows nothing, nothing about me. And he turns to me with his New York accent and he says, so, you got a favorite color or something? <laughs> and I said, I said, green, and good night. <laughs> so often we can spend time with people and not really connect with them. You know, we can be with our family, but we're texting. We're not connecting with them. And it just takes small acts of curiosity to make a big impact. Bigger than asking your favorite color, by the way. But small acts of curiosity to make a big impact. And also, small acts of curiosity can have really interesting side effects. So outside of Vital Smarts, I also teach negotiation. Now, negotiation is a lot like crucial conversations. You want A, I want B, let's work it out. So in the body of research and negotiation, one thing they find is that connection and curiosity for another 
leads to better results in a negotiation. And I want to share with you a certain nuance in that body of research. And it has to do with how inquiry can have a really interesting side effect. So they've studied the impact of emotions on negotiations, and they find that if you have a negative emotion, like anger, sadness, or disgust, that negatively impacts your negotiation, even if those emotions have nothing to do with the negotiation. They call this the emotional hangover. A researcher called Jennifer Lerner from Harvard coined that term, that the emotion hangs over into the negotiation, and you're less adept at analyzing your interests, you make more errors, and those errors directly translate into lost dollars at the negotiation table. Well, they wanted to figure out what is a simple way to diffuse the impact of that emotional hangover. So the University of Virginia and the University of Michigan crafted a very clever study. What they did is they called people and they surveyed them and they said, tell us your life satisfaction, rate your life satisfaction. Half the people they called on a sunny day and half the people they called on a rainy day. And what they found was the people that they called on a rainy day rated their life satisfaction lower. That somehow the weather caused them to rate their life satisfaction differently. Well, then they added one question when they called folks. And they said right at the beginning of the call, how's the weather there? And what they found was when the people in the rainy conditions named and acknowledged the bad weather, it diffused the impact. When those people said, oh, yeah, it's really rainy here, it's really awful, that they then answered that question about life satisfaction as positively as the people in the sunny conditions. Acknowledging the bad weather diffused its impact, and inquiry helped make that happen. Now, translate that into the workplace. What if you got to a meeting a couple minutes early and turned to that coworker next to you and just turned to them and said, how are you? That gives them a chance to say, oh, my commute was awful. Oh, my gosh, I just came out of a meeting with the boss and I'm so frustrated. So that that emotion doesn't hang over into your meeting and into your next situation. Small acts of curiosity can have a big impact. But just asking questions doesn't mean I'm curious. I can ask a question that's manipulative, controlling, self-serving. And at best, those interactions are transactional. And we've all been there. You know, I don't care about connecting with you. I just want to know when you're going to get this document to me. I don't care about connecting with you. I just want to know why you did that yesterday. At best, those are transactional. But if I ask questions with the intent to honor and value the other person, with the intent to connect, those interactions have the opportunity to be transformational. And so the question to ask yourself every day is, do I want more transactions or more transformations? Big thanks to Candice Bertotti for stopping by. Her website is CandiceBertotti.com. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, Candice Bertotti, Mastering the Art of Getting to Know Someone. All right, that is a wrap for me. I appreciate you. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later.